This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of January 26, 2020. This is episode 72. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, Fox, the Parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Gregan. Whether you're playing your next Disney Park vacation, cruise vacation, or you just don't know where to start, do what I do and contact the Destinations Character Travel, the official travel partner of the Disney Marvels podcast. Email them now, info at destinationswithcharacter.com, or visit their website, www.destinationswithcharacter.com, and be sure to tell you tell them that the Disney Marvels podcast sent you. And now, on to the news. Disney announced on January 22nd it has sold the game studio Fox Next Games Los Angeles, the makers of Marvel Strike Force and other titles, as well as Cold Iron Studio and San Jose, to the interactive entertainment and mobile game company Scopely. The studios were acquired by Disney in the 2019, uh, in 2019 as part of the 71.3 billion dollar deal for its 20 for 21st century fox or 20th century fox disney is not however selling the fox full game lineup the company clarified that it has separated the portfolios from the fox ip licensed game titles which were not part of the deal and will continue to be part of disney's licensed game business acquisition terms were not disclosed Congratulations to John Williams, won his 25th Grammy this past weekend at the Grammy Awards for Star Wars Galaxy Edge Symphonic Suites, winning the Best Instrumental Composition category. Well deserved. And more accolades for Galaxy's Edge. We'll be back after these short messages. And now, on with the show. One of the biggest things to hit, well, just about anywhere last year, streaming, television, the internet, your emojis, your gifts online was The Mandalorian. Not just because it had a cute little puppet, but because it had a story that was new and old at the same time. And knowing how powerful this show was i could not talk about it alone so i made a few phone calls or instant messages as it were and i was able to get a hold of someone that not only knows the power of the force but understands the meaning of it is the way it is dan zier from and please wait for the list here coffee with kenobi looking at lucasfilm StarWars.com, IGN.com, and the new launch, Danzy Media. Dan, how are you doing? 
Hey, thanks so much, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm now I'm doing great. My pleasure. My pleasure. I, thank you for taking time out of your very busy uh, and very high in demand schedule. Um, it, it seems like every other day you're on someone else's podcast. So thank <laughs> you for coming to my little one. Oh no, no, you don't have a little one. You have a great one. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan admirer, and of course, you had uh, Mr. James Hill on Jim Hill on and he spoke highly of you as well so I'm I'm thrilled to be here oh good good uh the uh, the check will clear soon I'm sure good uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking let's jump right into it the Mandalorian what was your take on it I think it's brilliant I think um I for a for a long time I was a little reticent about the concept because I I like my Star Wars to have hope. I like it to have optimism. I didn't want it to be a, a bleak landscape with um, a no-name figure who's just kind of a, a gunslinger for hire without any emotion. That was my fear. And then I watched the first episode, and I was absolutely blown away. The Mandalorian is, a, is an excellent character. He's got heart. He's got mystery. He's not one-dimensional, even though he wears a helmet for 99.9% of the first season. And I think it's just a brilliant testament to what can happen with strong writing, character development, you know, a, a good solid budget, and a vision for where you want to take your story. Add in a cast of colorful side characters, an absolutely adorable five million dollar puppet, and you've got you've got absolute gold. I think it it's another example of Star Wars getting this shot in the arm um, that I never knew that it needed. And just taking it into new places while still maintaining that nostalgia that we love so much. I, I agree completely. Um, in some ways, it is my counter argument to people who say Disney is ruining Star Wars. And my now example is I have about, what, four and a half hours worth of proof that it, there is a new direction that it can be taken. And... It still feels right. I mean, it's a, it's it's the places you you kind of know that it's the galaxy far, far away. It's during a time that you're somewhat familiar with, but it's new characters, new landscapes, and but the the feel of this show just fits in perfectly with with everything else in that universe. It, it it's not overly flashy like one of my problems with some of the the new uh with the first order was that to me it was the empire just everything was bigger we got a death you know empire is a death star they have a death planet we have at at, AT um, the at at um st walkers yeah yep they have the adats ours are bigger we have you had the uh star destroyers and they have the mega ones ours are bigger it, it so basically it was just the plus the supersized version of the empire this doesn't have that this is you're starting to weave the threads together of the the previous star wars movies the original trilogy a little bit of the new stuff and some of the other stuff that has now been introduced to us through the the side stories um rogue one and uh solo like some of the additional stormtroopers and stuff that we hadn't seen there, we're now starting to see all that type of stuff 
kind of meld together into the, the greater aspect of the, the Star Wars universe. And I personally thought they did a, a great job with it. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the baby Yoda puppet really, um, really doesn't hurt. I, there was a very interesting story behind that. I'm, I'm sure you know what it is. Because originally they were they were gunning for CGI, weren't they? Right, and then uh, a number of people um, suggested, you know, why not try a puppet, including a pretty prominent member of uh, the season one cast, of course. Yeah, and for me personally, I think it really it really adds to the character. It really it gives that character dimension and depth. Um, I mean, I'm a fan. Of, I understand the use and the need for CGI, but I'm a fan of the practical effects because, to me, the mind knows the difference. Right. We're the old school people. And plus, I think you can get a different performance from the actors. I mean, what The Mandalorian has done is it's it's added even more texture and layer to this beautiful intergalactic tapestry that we have. And it has created, uh, as you said, it's added some dimension to familiar planets while giving us new segments. Plus, it's drawing things like stars has been doing ever since disney purchased it is taking things from the from the legends line and has been interweaving it into star wars here and there to to give it a little more punch or to give it just a little more context in what we already know of the star wars universe and it's great and i know of course people have said that there are well this is what i think there's a very very small uh, amount percentage wise of people who think that disney is negatively impacting star wars and i feel like they're just a very very loud minority of people i don't think that's the norm and i don't think if you make five movies and four of them make over a billion dollars each i think you're doing something pretty darn well i mean if anything disney has created star wars uh material and products and stories and merchandise and brought it to a whole other place, which is really saying something. I mean, whenever my students, when when the purchase first went down, people said, oh, no, Disney's going to, whatever, they're going to put mm-hmm. their own spin on it. And I said, well, well, have you ever seen the Avengers? Well, yeah. You know Marvel is owned by Disney, right? Oh, it is? I mean, of course, this was, you know, five years ago. Right. But now people are pretty familiar with that. But Disney is smart enough to let the creatives do their thing, and it, I think it's working out really well. I've I've tried to explain that to some people and it it, it still takes some encouraging. Um and but you you're right. I mean it's and I've heard you talk about this I think other where other places that Star Wars has now gone to a new level where it's not just this little exclusive club of people in the corner of a room um uh, with their little paper ta- um you know the the cardboard containers from a uh, you know wrapping paper um, using them as lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. Which I may or may not have been one of those people. That's right. I may have done it earlier today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got the expensive ones, too. Um, it's true. Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I, I, I haven't. I was there two weeks before the cast previews started, so I was looking at it from over the fence the best that I could. Uh, I, I love I, it. Oh, I can't wait to get back um, probably next year for the 50th. I love it. Oh, that's great. But, um, yeah, it's um, it, it's taken on such a life. Uh, I, I was talking to one of my teachers to, um, this past week. She is 
uh, talking to her ESL class about making a story. And I explained to her about the hero's narrative, which she wasn't familiar with. And I explained, well, are you familiar with Star Wars? The original Star Wars follows pretty much the, the, the length of the hero's narrative. And she's a little bit older. Uh, she's about our age. Um, and she wasn't familiar with this. And I said, well, I could maybe I could try and help with the class. And she was, how would you do that? My my initial aspect was, well, I'm sure your class knows Star Wars. That would be the way to be able to to translate across the the language barrier of what the hero's narrative is. And I think even the Mandalorian does have that. It it, it follows that even that formula um, in a slightly more broken sense because of the the TV episodes, right? But, but, it, but there's certainly an episodic uh, nature to it that involves the Campbellian arc, you know, the, the hero's yeah. journey that you spoke of. I agree. Um, it, it's it's so brilliantly done. Like like you, I didn't know what to expect going in because you just see glimpses and flashes of stuff and think, okay, this is going to be a little grittier than a lot of what we saw. Um, it, it's going to be. It's going to be a little darker and, you know, okay, you got this shadowy character that you follow along. And I, too, I was a little skeptical. I'm like, okay, it's, you know, I, I read some of the books that talked about Boba Fett and um, his journey uh, post-Jedi. Uh, and it's like, okay, I, there's president for stuff to go forward, but what are we really going to get? And I was I was taken back by by so many things of this. Um, like you said, the the character has this charisma to him that um, the actor portrays so well, even though you cannot see any of his facial features. But the body language, in the the stance, in the the positioning, and just the words are chosen perfectly to be able to just get everything across. Um. You don't even need to see his face. Even that uh, brief moment where they did take the helmet off, I didn't think you, you needed to do that. You, you just kind of locked the helmet on the whole time. Um, but yeah, it's brilliantly done. And I don't know about you. At first, I was a little taken back that how short the episodes were. Interesting. No, I think they were kind of a perfect little bite size. And they get a little, when they got a little bit longer, the last couple, I was like, whoa, these are going to be long ones. But because they do such a good job of telling the story, you almost don't notice it. And I, and I, people have said to me, well, do you think this will be a cool movie? And I said, well, maybe, but that would be so much shorter. You wouldn't have near as much opportunity because here they can really dive into the storytelling and uh, kind of pull it out in to different ways. Uh, what was your, what were I'm curious, and I don't want to take any of your questions you're going to ask, but no, do you have a certain episode uh, that was your favorite from the entire first season? Oh, um, let me think. I, I apologize. I don't remember the order, so I'm trying to remember the title. It was the, ah, there were so many. <laughs> this ties I, into the timing of it. The timing for me was perfect because I watch these things late at night. Yeah. So if it was a, a full 55 plus minute episode, I'd be falling asleep during it. Not by choice. Being that oh, they yeah. were clocking in the half hour-ish mark, it was very easy for me to enjoy it and then go right to go to sleep. Um, so I 
for me, the timing actually worked out to be a perfect thing. And it just, the, the condensing of it worked as far as a favorite episode. Why, why you're thinking, uh, I'll just tell you, mine's the second, mine is episode nine. Okay. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I thought the, um, it just kind of summarized everything that's good about, about the Mandalorian with bringing back basically all the characters that have, he's interacted with and have them all form together and reunite with grief Karga And, uh, I guess seeing the Minox, I think those were the Minox that came back into the picture and, uh, we're just very oppressive and we get to see the child heal grief Karga And there are just so many great things to like about that episode and has the cliffhanger that just totally takes your breath away. Plus an incredibly epic tie that lands in the wings kind of do a gi joe thing where it folds outwardly and it's just really beautiful stuff i'm probably gonna say mine's the prisoner oh wow cool um that was the one on the the prison ship because you had a very easy point that you could turn the character back to that darker character and they they kind of I'm not sure if you're familiar with Doctor Who, but they kind of did like a Doctor Who thing where it's like, okay, we could have killed everybody. We could have tortured everybody. Which is the nature of the Mandalorians from what we know. But he didn't. And that's where you really see that not only has he changed, he's changed in a permanent sense. It's not a temporary change that that's affected him. He has truly turned a new leaf of who he is. Um, so that's and I and I like kind of that. It's almost like watching aliens, you know, with the the flashing lights and the um, uh, you know the creatures kind of scooting about. So yeah, that I think that's one of my favorite ones. Um, but the, the um. It, it did it, honestly they just kept getting better yeah they, i as, thought that there was a middle few that were a little slower yeah but the they were also was a little slow as it was introducing stuff building stuff up um another they one can't is they all be fighting i mean otherwise no. that would get boring no um a lot of it was the journey like the second episode to me was a little on the slower where okay he has to go find the egg like all right, he's going to find the egg, but you 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 learn a little more about the Jawas. Um, I like the little interaction with them. Um, so they're they're not just annoying on one planet; they're annoying everywhere. That's right. Um, it, you know, I, I didn't realize that they were they were such kind of sores of eggs, but yeah, that was that was pretty disgusting. I would say. Yeah, that that was a little. <laughs> could have been worse. It could have been worse, but um. Yeah, you know, it, it it had some of those goofy moments, which um, just kind of naturally flows into some of the Star Wars stuff with characters like that. Um, IG eleven, I was I was curious about because initially I thought it was going to be eighty eight. Oh yeah, same. Um, and then I found oh, okay, it's another one. That, that's fine. And he was done by the first episode. I'm glad he shows up later on. Um, I I. You know, more in the fact that this character most likely will not be coming back, but he's not in the form that any way that we know it. 
because I, I just really enjoyed that character. Oh, he was great. And how cool that they would take uh, this iconic droid from the Empire Strikes Back, repurpose it, give it a, uh, create a new one, and then give it a, a personality in spite of itself. And then it kind of it kind of opens up the conversation about do droids have souls? I think. Yeah. It's very interesting the way that they had that evolve, and probably the most important reason IG Eleven exists is to reveal the Mandalorian's metanoia, his change of heart, where he was at the beginning of the series or the season with disliking droids, and then as the show went on, he grew to actually empathize with one and care about one. And I thought that was a great example of that he is not your run-of-the-mill gunslinger. Well, not just that, he reveals himself to that droid exactly which was amazing and so important yes yeah um and that makes me wonder because the the whole the backstory to this character takes place during the clone wars right so how old does that make this character well i mean the clone wars you know is um the end of the Clone Wars is Revenge of the Sith, and 19 years mm-hmm. later is A New Hope, and then three years later is The Empire Strikes Back, and then one year later is Return of the Jedi, and then five years later is The Mandalorian. So he's probably—I'm no math teacher, but I'm—I'm I'm guessing if he was seven or eight in that initial one, then he's what in his mid-thirties now. Okay. So that make that tracks. Yeah, yeah, no, that works. That works. Um, yeah, I, I, I really am proud of the product that they, they, the passion that they put in. They, they took the time to make sure they did this right, especially since it's, it was a launch day uh, show. Yeah. So they which, were a little more under the, the gun. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you you could tell that they really cared about this. It wasn't something that they were just thrown together to do. No, um, they they made sure they they got the detailing right, the, the visual effects. It, it does not. You can't tell the difference between this and any of the other movies. You know, it it falls right in. Um, it's very very high quality uh, all the way around. The sound mixing, the lighting. The acting, the writing, the production value—it's, it's top-notch stuff. Yeah, and the the casting that they have for it, everyone fits well. I, I'm I'm missing a lot of these characters already, knowing that some of them aren't coming back. Um, but I look forward to the adventures of the ones that do come back. I am happy he finally got his jetpack, uh, which I was amazed how quickly he did learn how to use. But that's minor. <laughs> Um, and again, more ties in tie-ins to the animated stuff. So one of the rumors, and let me ask you this question, where do you think it's heading? I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's going to be sort of like the A team where they just once a week, they get into a new adventure, but as they're just slowly kind of progressing towards trying to find where, the child belongs i mean of course i'm a little torn but part of me thinks gosh maybe this is the series we're going to find out the name of of the species i mean that's certainly what they want us to think 
So I just think we're going to see him slowly getting to know the child. But if it ages so slowly, it's not like the child is ever going to evolve to the point where it can it can start training the child, even though that was what was required of him by the armorer. So I don't know really. As you probably know, I, I try not to speculate too much because I end up finding myself disappointed because yeah. it doesn't always meet what I want. But I just feel like we're going to see good rousing adventures. He's going to meet a lot more people in the galaxy that are going to kind of challenge his opinion of what it means to be a Mandalorian or what it means to be human and what it means to interact with other people. And I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, he's got that whole, it, not just a Mandalorian, but now he's more or less a father to this, to this adopted child. He's um, a mentor, a guide, all these things that he himself had somewhat through the Mandalorians, but never didn't have one. I didn't feel like he had one directly. Um, you never got the sense from the, the other Mandalorians that there was a, a really strong bond between him and one other Mandalorian other than the, the armor maker. Um, but even at that, it wasn't, it was more of a leader than like a nurturing character. Yeah, if anything, he's he's not like he keeps people at arm's length. I mean, he, he doesn't really, he's not super warm and fuzzy by any stretch, but he's more of an introvert than anything, which I think is kind of cool. Not all heroes kind of portray that. So he's he's open to good people, and he's open to working with people. He's also no fool, and he knows who to let in and who to uh, be cautious or wary of. But I think that the fact that he's introverted uh is interesting as well because it makes him more dynamic when he does connect with someone yes and one of the things i thought was interesting in this show too and correct me if i'm wrong it's the first appearance of a bathroom in star wars it isn't on a screen i mean they've certainly talked about refreshers in in books but yeah on on screen it definitely is and Life Day and a lot of other things, too. And yeah. sometimes that can be tricky because that can take you out of the kind of the fantasy world. But, you know, I guess with Horatio Sands and Saturday Night Live, there's going to be a little bit of potty humor. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're going to have some of that. But, you know, it wasn't that bad. They could have gone a lot, lot worse than they did with it. Um, and as much as I'm like, oh, great, where's this scene going? Um, where you, you have the, his bounty kind of, oh, I have to use the facility, has got to go, and he, he's trying to actually sneak out. And just like the, the stealthiness of the Mandalorian, where it's just one moment, there's no one there, next moment, he's there. And I, I, I like that, that quality of this character, or that um, skill. That he he has that he still has that stealthiness. So again, it kind of leads oh, to yeah. that mysterious, and there is a dark side, or or not dark side, but a because that's the that's the force, and these guys have nothing aren't the force. No, I know what you're saying though. It makes him mysterious and in yeah. in kind of like a, an anti-hero in to a degree. But then that's what is wonderful about the child is it it humanizes him and softens him up a little bit. But he also is someone that, even though he does show moments of empathy, he's still someone that you do not want to cross or mess with. And if you find yourself in a battle with him, you're going to come out on the wrong side. But 
That doesn't mean he's oh, yeah. not going to get bruised or scraped or kind of got that great Indiana Jones thing about him where he's fallible and he can be injured. It's not like when he's, it's not like Captain America or, you know, or Superman. This guy gets hurt. He gets beat up, but he still comes out victorious because he just is so tenacious. As much as I try not to mention that other comic book company, but he's, he's almost like the, the Star Wars version of Batman. Um, but oh, I just totally not, agree. As for, not as foreboding. Right. Totally agree. And in fact, uh, some of the some of the Deborah Chow stuff very much reminds me of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, something I heard speaking of the, the future of the show. And I want to get your take on if a you think it's a good idea and B, um, if this may be a direction that they would possibly head in is Ahsoka. Because there's been a lot of talk of her recently ha- that uh, her voice was in um, Rise of the Skywalker. Right. Um, Disney coming out saying that, no, the character is still very much alive. Um, and how popular that character is. You think that's a character they would try to transition into live action? Or maybe that, you know, I don't know what the future of their animated is. Being that uh, Resistance is finishing up. Usually they have one right on the back on the heels of one that's finishing up, but I right. personally haven't heard anything. I don't know if you've heard of what's going on in the animated world. Uh, I mean, I the things I have heard are just um, well things I'm not really at super at liberty to say, but I think hmm, people are right. going to be I think people are going to be happy. Uh, but I also know that celebration is you know of course in August and. There's a lot of time to build hype for that and do big reveals there. So hopefully that's something that will happen. I, I, as far as will Ahsoka show up in the Mandalorian, I hadn't thought of that. That would certainly be great. Uh, that would certainly be wonderful. I, and if that does happen, I wish Ashley Eckstein would would portray her live screen or, or animated or whatever. I think she personifies Ahsoka. But I feel like Ahsoka is someone that they would save either for her own show or for. The movies. What do you think? I was hoping that there would be some sort of reference to her in the the, the most recent trilogy, um, beyond just a little voice. I yeah, I think she deserves something on a grander scale, but with what I've been hearing, and I I just spoke about this two weeks ago on my show about some of the things coming to, or the rumors of what's coming to the star Wars that the next set of movies may not necessarily be a trilogy, or maybe this is something I even heard from you, um, that they may even be individuals that somehow get tied together. Um, almost like how Marvel does with their movies. Um, they're separate, but they're together and different characters weave in between them. But it's not one long narrative. It is a grander narrative um, that she may that may be a better suited character for that. Um, I, I I love the character and I, I hope to see her soon. But yeah, I don't know if Mandalorian would be the place to to launch that. Yeah, I, I feel like it. If that happens, then suddenly it becomes the Ahsoka show, which isn't a yes. bad thing, but 
I think the focus probably needs to stay on the Mandalorian himself. Be interesting. I mean, it, it, you can never be upset if there was, in fact, more of her because she's just such a great character. I mean, one of the best that I think we've ever seen in the entire history of Star Wars. Yeah. Or then another rumor I heard was since there was the dark saber, somehow Sabine has a connection with that. And maybe well, yeah, she does. Sure, sure. He, um, being that, and again, she's a Mandalorian. That there could be a a, a small story arc with that. So I, who knows? I mean, so she's out looking for Ezra with Ahsoka. So maybe that kind of solves itself. They're that, run, they're just true. not around. I never thought yeah. about that, but now when you mentioned Sabine, then it all clicks. So, uh, so many possibilities. I mean, that and um, they don't they have a similar showrunner? Isn't um, Filoni? Yes. Yeah, Dave Filoni, of course. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's a uh, instrumental. I mean, he's he's he directed two episodes of The Mandalorian and. Um, he was kind of like Filoni or like John Favreau's George. And to hear them talk, uh, we got to cover the Disney Plus Mandalorian media event. And they talked repeatedly about um, Dave just being on set and saying, well, no, this is actually how this would work. Or this is how this creature would work. And just being kind of a muse for them. And, and their chemistry, John Favreau and Dave Filoni's chemistry, is pretty electric and entertaining anyway we'd i mean it'd be fun if they had a talk show everybody would watch every single one because they're just oh, so sure. darn fun together but yeah i mean since dave is there and i dave is such a big mandalorian guy anyway so that gives me hope that there will be those connective tissues and threads because there have been so many sprinkled throughout the first season and i think done in the right way where i don't feel like it's pandering or being forced or or like inserting things that don't seem to belong but i feel like it's just sort of an organic part of the storytelling and it's nice to see it connected like that yeah yeah it, it's again it just kind of flushes out the universe instead of kind of forcing anything it just it's a lot of i guess the best word to describe a lot of the the connections of the show is organic exactly exactly um, it's organic and works together beautifully yeah it had a very you know organic feel of just everything just kind of was where it needed to be or meant to be and not kind of forced to play, you know, here, it's here, pay attention to it because this is here and we want you to see this. It, you know, it, it everything just had a, had, had its own reason. Um, and it's cool too, because it has that, but you don't need to know it. You can still enjoy the story the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything, and again, since it was a show, it led time for things to be able to, for you to understand and, and grow and learn why things are happening the way they are. Um, something I, I found myself having to do often online and in person um, after people started watching the Rise of Skywalker and they started questioning about the, the force healing. I said, well, th this actually does harken back to the um, old Star Wars stuff. You know, we've never seen this in the movies. I said, no, because it actually, it took place in a lot of the books. And if you remember, the books were sanctioned by George Lucas. They they weren't just anybody could write a book. You had to have um, a, uh, a sanction. You had to get license from George and make you know run the story by him and get his blessing and everything. So all that was um, 
it was it happened in the I forget which one. I remember reading that Vader himself was trying to learn how to do this. And uh in let's see, in, in the in the Legends line? Yes. Yeah, this goes way, way back. Okay. Uh, I wonder if it's the one that came out after Revenge of the Sith that was supposed to be kind of the immediate sequel to Revenge of the Sith. I'm not sure. I have to think about that. Yeah, but it was explained why he was in that capsule that he was using the meditation to try and heal himself to free himself from his bonds, from the, the breathing apparatus and a lot of the armor so he can go upon the world like he used to, like a normal person, but he was not strong enough in the force to be able to heal, especially his extensive injuries. Right. Um, so, yeah, he said, well, this is not something They did new. stuff in the comics with that, I know that, which is part of the canon. Yeah, so it's, stuff is out there, and, the, the, you know, the the new movies and it's just, you know, the shows and stuff are trying to tie everything in this large, I think most people just think of Star Wars only as the movies, but it, it goes so far beyond that it does it really does it's it's all part and parcel of his massive massive story and they've got so many people working in the story group trying to make sure it all connects and and jives together and it certainly does although it's sometimes it can be kind of a maze to try to figure out because there's just so much out there but it definitely does yeah it's um yeah you do need a lot of guides to be able to get through some of this stuff um you know, you, you need, uh, unfortunately, Yoda burnt down the tree with all the, the direct instructions. That's right. That's right. Um, something else that was posed to me, it was at the Disney store. I was saying, oh, you know, it's a shame that, you know, they didn't jump upon the um, marketing of the child sooner. So I said, well, actually, that was probably genius on their part. And it got me thinking. Not only, and you definitely have mentioned that, um, the main reason was that way the reveal was a surprise because a lot of times some of these things, uh, product lines get leaked out ahead of time, either toy shows or uh, production photos. The other thing I was thinking of, not only that, maybe inadvertently, but I'm sure probably somewhat intentionally, it creates it created a much stronger demand for the merchandise. Oh, I agree. I think it's, it, and I don't know if they initially planned it that way, as far as, they, I mean, I'm sure they knew that people would like the child, but I don't think they had any idea it would explode the way that it did. So it's very, it's been kind of a serendipitous occurrence because, yes, as you just mentioned, toys and toy lines sometimes accidentally reveal things. And so the fact that they were able to hold it, which I think is kind of a miracle in, you know, 2019, 2020, that they actually were able to hide that huge shock. Thank goodness that they did because the end of the first episode was such a such a gut punch in a, in a good way. I oh yeah, there. and I thought that was just brilliant. I love to be surprised. I like the 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 shock and awe of a good story, and then we've got the joy of the merchandise. So, I mean, just now this week in in school, students are showing up wearing the child T-shirts, and I just think, oh wow, this is awesome. They're starting to start to trickle out. It's really great to see. I mean, you've got a story from today. Yeah, I um, I mean, I have two students in um, a study hall that I, I uh, procked her over. One, she had a Mandalorian uh, shirt on the other day. And then uh, today I showed you just ahead of time um, another student who we uh, talk about the Mandalorian and stuff. 
Um, he gave me two stickers that he said he had a whole bunch at his father's house. So he got them and gave them to me, which I, I, I was flattered that, uh, that he would, um, gave them to me. Uh, they're, they're fantastic. And I, I'm not going to stick them to something. I will kind of keep them a little more treasured and, uh, put them somewhere around my desk. Um, but yeah, it, I, I love the, that things are starting to trickle out and, uh, I, I definitely want to get online for that uh, um, Funko Pop figure of the of the one. I just have to decide if I'm going for the small one or going to go out for the big 10 inch one. Uh, I, I will have to see what my uh, CFO allows, what she allows me to uh, get. <laughs> yes, I was thinking about where where are you going to put the where are you going to do with your space? Of course, that too. <laughs> yes, I, I will make space for the child. There is no doubt. I will move some of the uh, the other ones. Maybe. Uh, Oh, let's see here. Got some of the Toy Story 3 ones, maybe, or even the live-action Lion King ones here that I could uh, shift over and uh, <laughs> and stick that up there. Um, but yeah, those... those it, it's, it's so good to see all this positive reaction. It, oh, yeah. It, I, I can't say I've really heard much in the far of negative beyond some like nitpicking stuff it, it's not it's all joy and positive and happiness and just love of the star wars and people just enjoying it and not talking down about anything yeah, uh, for on the grand scale I mean, always you're gonna have someone that's got to be the the wet blanket but I, I think somehow this just has just hit the right note just for most people i mean in it harkens on a lot of the the way that they i think originally george originally did the at least the first one or two movies um because jedi he starts changing things up a little bit i think in the the way that he actually goes about filming the movie um i I initially thought about it, and I've seen a lot of people say it as well when they've watched this. They think of the old spaghetti westerns and the the serials of uh, of old. Um, remember watching on PBS the old Flash Gordon seri- serials. Um, that this has a lot of that same type of feel, which was what George was trying to capture in the original Star Wars movie, and just looking at old films or old going back to old cinema to create something new right and it's working and and you know people ask me well how do you deal with some of the the negativity or that kind of stuff and and honestly i don't because i just don't want to give it any energy so i mute a lot of negative accounts not people that are critical that's different i think critical thinking and intellectual honesty are imperative to fandom Mm -hmm. and to growing intellectually in in our appreciation of the discourse and just the quality of the story itself. But if you're just going to complain and I don't like this and this stinks, I mean, I, I love when people don't like something because then I can get their point of view and they can tell me what they think. And I might learn something from them and they might learn something from me or they might not. And that's okay. You know, I can't really do anything about that. All I can do is speak my piece and listen. And as long as someone wants to intelligently explain why something works or why something doesn't, I am happy to partake. Yeah. And um, it's, like I said, I, I think this one particularly, they've just really hit 
a nice accord with most people. Um, where I know the the past three films have met a little more uh, scruffiness, a little more roughness, um, more abrasive uh, opinions from some people. But um, this this is definitely I think turning it around, and I, I I again look forward to what they have coming. I know, like you said, you mentioned earlier, they're going to talk about who is the child or the the nature of the child. Um, Taika Waititi came out and mentioned, oh, we know already, and it was something that will be revealed, but they didn't say when. Right. Which and, is good. Yeah. It, 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 for all we know, that could be the like the last line of the last episode of season two. Uh, it, who knows? So yeah, just builds builds a little more suspense. Oh, I agree. It's super fun. Super fun. It's gonna be a, gonna be a lot of fun Star Wars coming our way over the next couple of years. Oh, I I can't wait. I I am so excited for the the future. I I, I enjoyed what we have. And I enjoyed everything in the past, but looking forward to the Kenobi series, to the um, whatever the next animation series is. I, I really have to catch up on those. That's the one area I'm lacking. In. And um, the the rebirth of the Clone Wars, finally getting the the last chapter that they they had planned out. The um, the upcoming movies in three years, and whatever else that we don't know about um, i can i can definitely recommend rebels rebels is about as good as it gets yeah that's what that's what i i keep hearing um that's, i wanted to start with clone wars just because that's the beginning um i i personally really enjoyed the short version clone wars that they did for cartoon network yeah tartakovsky those are great yeah the, and they've disappeared I can't seem to find them anywhere. No, they had to get them on. You had to find them on DVD. I have them, but I bought them when they first came out. That was a long time ago. I before. think you do. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, the I. I mean, yes, Clone Wars is great. Um, but I. I mean, if I had to pick, I mean, it's like, you know, both Coke and Pepsi are both great. Yeah. Um, but I would say Rebels is maybe one of my favorite Star Wars things ever. Okay, so I'll spend more time on trying to catch up on that. Plus, there's a lot less of them, so it's a lot not as intimidating. I like that. I really like that. I'm still trying to get through the Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, I'm halfway through it, and again, since it's that longer format, it's that hour-length show, I just cannot keep myself awake long enough to to make it through episodes, so I keep on oh, finding my... myself repeating them. Yeah, I that's guess, a lot. you know what? I was thinking that that could be a... An interesting comparison that this is Disney's Game of Thrones, but it's something that the entire family can enjoy. I was gonna say, yeah, it's a lot, a lot more uh, family friendly, although not completely. It's the most edgy of the Star Wars. Has yes, done, I think. But my uh, my five year old actually really enjoys it, and I don't think there's anything that he can't fully handle. Right. And I, I've seen, I think, especially. I think he would focus more on the baby Yoda and what he does. So eating a, eating a frog or trying to <laughs> drinking you know, tea, yeah, drinking drinking tea. Or some people have mentioned that maybe something that's a little stronger than tea, being that he's already over the age age of twenty one. Oh boy, I never thought about that. That's hilarious. 
Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll mention who it is offline, but uh, you, sure. you wouldn't be surprised who it is. Uh, <laughs> one of your sponsors, let's put it that way. Sure, sure. Um, so, but yeah, there, there's there's just so many, just so many just nice little nuggets just sprinkled perfectly throughout this series. Um, so do you have any final words on the Mandalorian? No, I, it's fun to reminisce with you. And, and even though it only ended a couple of weeks ago, it seems like a lot longer. I'm certainly looking forward to season two, but I also like, I like the waiting. I like the anticipation. I'm sure we'll get some trailers. You know, they're still filming right now in California for season two. So we're going to get much more to the lore. We're going to get more toys and collectibles. And it's going to be a a fun summer. I'm just, I'm looking forward to what we have now is we've got this wonderful story. that has got some mystery that we have no built in expectations of because we didn't know about these characters until this show started. So there's no added pressure with that, which is nice. And now, uh, because we have the first season to watch whenever we want, we're, but we're also not oversaturated with the Mandalorian products. This is really a good place to be, and I hope that Disney continues this this label. I, I agree, and I like their release schedule that they're only doing it once a week, more or less. Um, so you don't have the the quick burnout that you you watch, you binge it in eight hours or four hours, watch every single episode in one day and then you have 300 in whatever many days until you can watch another new episode you know you get the the one little nugget then you have to wait another week to get the next nugget and it just makes you appreciate it i think actually more because of that that scheduling oh i agree it's the best it's the best one of the best things they could have done yeah you, you keep the hype going for a longer time yeah that that was bright and then you just knowing that the next season's coming up this year yes there's a it's a long wait but it doesn't feel quite as long and like you said we have the new merchandise rolling out and then we'll start getting the the little glimpses we have celebration i'm sure they will use that to really hype up the the upcoming season um so it will be a quick quick long wait yeah I agree. I agree. Um, I, I I want to make sure to take some time. Um, like I said at the beginning, you just started your new uh, corporate venture. Um, I'll, I'll use it, those words. The is it Dan Z Media? Yes, Dan Z Media. It is. Uh, thank you for mentioning that. It is. Oh, please, my my pleasure. Go right ahead. Yeah, it's. I mean, of course, I've been doing coffee with Kenobi for almost seven years, and one of the things that I've had the good fortune to be able to do during this time uh, because my day jobs as an educator is it's opened up a lot of speaking engagements for me, which I really enjoy doing. Um, it's ironic because when I was younger, I was I was very um, a very shy young man. I never would have dreamed that I would not only want to do public speaking, but would start a business doing it. So it's kind of surreal, yeah. but it's great because I think that's one of the important messages that I want to get across to people is. Once you get out of your own way and realize you've got um, something powerful inside of you, you can do a lot of great things. Uh, and so I've offer I have a number of different talks that I can certainly come to your school or your community or to your to your corporate place of business or what have you or conference, 
and talk about some of the talks around dncmedia.com where I can customize anything that you're interested in as well. But another thing that's happened through the course of coffee with Kenobi is a lot of people have uh, reached out and asked my opinion on help to help them. And, and I like helping people, but I've also realized that with coffee, with Kenobi, with being a teacher, with being a husband and, and being a father of three, that eventually everything starts to take away from my, my family and my time. Which is a, is you know, it's a positive that you're that I'm in this position, but I also realize there's got to be a way to give back to my family as well for them giving me all this time to do these things that I feel inspired to do, and I think hopefully inspire other people to do the same. So we we've come up with a, a sort of a way to you can set up coaching calls with me, and I can help you get your podcast, your blog started, or if you already have an established brand, to help you kind of take it to another level. So that's where we're at with Danzy Media. Very nice, very nice. And where can they um, where can they find more information about this or contact um, contact you for? Oh, sure. Well, thank you. It's well danzymedia.com. You can find it on the on the internet. Uh, you can email me danzymedia@coffeewithkenobi.com. And then, of course, if you just want to talk Star Wars or just reach out, you can email me danzy@coffeewithkenobi.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Mr. Zer M R Z E H R N. Naturally, each and every week on Coffee with Kenobi, wherever you can find podcasts, we will be there waiting for you. Excellent. Excellent. Dan, thank you so very much for taking your time out, again, of your very busy schedule. Um, for joining me on my show, again, I apologize for my voice fighting whatever this is, um, but I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, again, you're very busy. I accommodate your schedule to have you on my little show and um, talk about something that we both really enjoy. Yes. Well, it's uh, Matt, it's my absolute pleasure to be on on here with you. And uh, I love what you're doing. I love your passion. I love your knowledge and the breadth and depth of where you explore Disney. I mean, I'm a big Disney guy, too. And it's just it's just great to talk with like-minded folks like yourself and your in your wonderful audience. So I, I can't thank you enough. I'd love to be on any time. Oh, thank you very much. All right, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you on again sometime. And um, until then, thank you very much, Dan. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Dan Zier for joining us. I apologize for my voice during the interview. <clears throat> As you can tell, I'm still fighting a little bit of a cold. But I'm doing better now. Thank you. So join the conversation. And let your voice be heard. Whether you're fighting a cold or not, virtually, you'll sound perfect. Join the conversation on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Disney Marvels Podcast. Or on the Twitter at Disney Marvels. Let us know, Dan and I, what you thought of The Mandalorian. And what are your hopes for Season 2? And or just even Star Wars in general in the future. What's coming up? If The Mandalorian is the benchmark, where do we go from here? Give us your answers. You can also email the show with your suggestions or answers to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Again, that's DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Or you can leave your voice messages through the Anchor website and app. There's links to all these addresses in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. I know how little time we all have these days, 
and just how busy everything seems to get nowadays, with all the virtual this and going online for that, and shopping, and schools, and whatnot. Life is extremely busy. I know that, and I appreciate taking that, that you take some time and spend it with me and my guests, or just even me sometimes, whatever, it's just me. But the fact that you do that, I cannot thank you enough, and I, I truly mean that. I There's no way that I know of that I can express it any greater just than to say thank you. But I, I do ask one more thing. If you can leave a review, go to iTunes for, to the Disney Marvel show and leave a review because that helps get the word out. Or also just tell people, tell people, hey, check out this uh, show, Disney Marvels. They got a lot of great things. They talk about the Mandalorian, that people from Pixar, ESPN, Disney Channel, they, all, all different people come on the show. You never know who's going to show up next. I don't even know sometimes who's going to show up next. And that's what makes this so fun. So the bigger the family, the better. That's what Walt Disney believed, and, and I agree with him. So check it out. Make sure you leave him a, a rating on iTunes. Please, five-star rating. Put it on there. And, uh... Let's see how many five-star ratings we could get there going. Just, you know, pose the challenge. That's going to be the challenge. You know, instead of this, you know, your Facebook, your your Tinder, your Instagram picture, let's do a, a rating challenge. Let's see how many five-star reviews we could get for the Disney Marvel podcast on iTunes. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're there, so that way you always know when a new episode comes out. And also while you're at it, though, consider becoming a premium subscriber. This way, it just helps the show out. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support. That's anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support. Or you can also go over to our Patreon page. Links to everything, again, is in the show notes. Remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you're planning your next Disney vacation, again, do what I do. Contact Destinations with Character Travel. They are the Disney earmarked agency specialized in Disney cruises and resort vacations and in the business of making your dreams come true. Made up of past cast members, annual pass holders, lifelong Disney fans, and worldwide travel enthusiasts, they are in the know regarding all aspects of your travel. Whether your travels take you to Disney parks or ocean cruises or a sunny resort stay, they have the destinations and service level to make your vacations truly a magical one. Find out how they can take the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy yourself. Book your Disney five-night package with four-day hopper now by emailing them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com or contact them at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. Again, their information is in the show notes. Whatever you're facing nowadays... Whatever's out there that's bringing you down, causing a darkness in your life, whatever strife is wearing at you, and it may not seem like you have the strength to move forward, believe me when I tell you that I know there is the strength within you. There is a light within you. There is the power within you to overcome this. Whatever you're facing, 
no matter how difficult, how bleak, how impossible it seems, stand up. Stand up and grab hold of that light. Let that light guide you through. For that light is your strength and your beauty. And with it, you can do great things. Be your own hero and never give up. Don't give in. You can get through this. I'd like to end today's show with a quote from Walt Disney. Goes, television began to move, and I began to think about it. I talked to a lot of these television executives, that, and they said, What are you going to do? If you go on television, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I presume I'll just do what I've been doing all my life. They said, well, television is different. You got to do something different. I said, well, I know, but I don't think that the audience is any different. And that's from Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening to the show, everybody. And I'll see you next time.